not impressed, part three. I'm not impressed, <clears throat> part three. And I'm not going to read our scripture that because, like, I was going over my notes today. I'm thinking, Lord just messed all my notes up because this isn't the way I planned all this to go. I planned for one little nice little message, and um, none of this has gone according to my script. So let's not even bother reading that scripture. Amen. Because we haven't gotten to it yet. So if we get to tonight, it'll just be because, okay, we, we will finally arrive. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you so much again for giving us this opportunity to um, delve into your word, to indulge in your word, to enjoy your word tonight. I pray, Father, that your people have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. And I pray that, God, you give me utterance. I pray for divine utterance tonight that, God, you'll speak through me tonight. Let me think things I have not thought, hear things that I have not heard, and say things that had not crossed my mind. I pray, Father, that, God, you let you cause your word to flow freely and be glorified among your people and confirm your word with the signs following in all of our lives. We pray and we believe it's done. We count it done now. We receive with meekness your word, even now that is able to save our souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Put up James 121. That just came to me as I was praying. Because I was just thought about that Sunday. I was looking for that scripture and nobody could find it. Is James, there it is. James. Y'all remember that? I was looking for that scripture. That word is able to save our souls. It just came to me just, just now as we were praying. Praise God. James 121. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I knew it was in the book. I knew it was in the book. Amen. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, while I'm while I'm while I'm at it. Because we're probably not going to get to Acts uh, 8 in full. Uh, I want to make an, a correction. When I was talking to you Sunday, we went back to Acts chapter 8, and I think it was verse 9, and it talked about how the people, they were uh, focused on, on uh, Simon with all his sorcery. And I said that word sorcery was the Greek word pharmakia, and that's incorrect. That word there for sorcery is magio, where we get the word magic. It's magic. Now, other places in Scripture, it is pharmakia, okay? But that particular one was magic. So I want to, I stand corrected, and um, uh, I want to make sure you all have the right information. I think having accurate, proper information is more important than, than any, you know, charisma, <laughs> right? So I just want to make sure you have that. It still applies because I'll show you, if we ever get to Acts 8, I'll show you it still, it still applies, okay? All right. All right, so let's go back over something here. 1 John 5, 19. We've been looking at that scripture here. 1 John 5, 19. And I'm going to read it tonight from the Living Bible. 1 John 5, 19 from the Living Bible. And let's see what it says. It says here, we know that what? We are children of God, and we also know, we could put this in here, that all the rest of the world around us is under Satan's power and control. So all the world around us is under Satan's power and control. How much of the world? All the world around us. That means it doesn't include you. Okay? All right. So he's he's controlling um, summarily. He's, he's, he's controlling the whole world. The Bible calls him the prince of this world. Jesus called him the prince of this world. Paul calls him the God of this world. Right? So 
we know from Revelation 12, uh, I think it's 11, somewhere around there, that he deceives the whole world. Something like that, 12, 9, 12, 11. But the point is here, the whole world around us is under Satan's control, okay? His power and control. So people you see around you, people you meet, people you talk to, that they don't get you, and you wonder why why people, um, they don't understand what you understand, or why, you wonder why they do what they do. I mean, if you, if you even peek at the news, you wonder how in the world are people doing those kinds of things. Because the Bible says they're under Satan's power and control. Y'all got it? Okay, now, here's, let's go back here. Are all, are all unbelievers possessed by devils? Are all unbelievers possessed by devils? No. 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 They're not. Because little babies aren't possessed by devils when they're born. They're not. And un until they open the door, they still aren't possessed by devils. Hallelujah. Everybody who's, who's, you know, a liar doesn't mean they, they got a lying spirit. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Because if that's the case, your children, by the time your children are two and three years old, lying wonders, right? Okay. So all, not all believers are possessed by devils, but all unbelievers belong to him. All unbelievers belong to Satan. Okay, John chapter 8, verse 43 and 44 from the Living Bible. Now, we're going to go somewhere. I'm just, wanna, I'm just kind of reviewing here, all right, and I'm not going to review as long as I got to get to this depression part here. John 8, verse 43 and 44. Why can't, this is Jesus talking, right? He's talking to, to the, but the Bible says, the Jews who believed, okay? He says, why can't you understand what I am saying? He says, here's the reason why you can't understand what I'm saying. It is because what? You are what? You are prevented from doing so. So the reason people in the world can't understand is because they are prevented. Remember I gave you that the other day, that the Satan, the God of, the God of this age has blinded the minds of those Right, who do not believe? Right? Okay. So then verse 44 says this. Watch what Jesus says. For you are, you are of your father who? The devil. Well, aren't we all God's children? No. In fact, John says over in 1 John, he talks about, this, by this you know the children of God and the children of, of the devil. He says the difference between the children of God and the children of devil. So we're not all children of God. Until you get born again by the seed of the word of God, you're what the Bible calls, he says, children of your father the devil. Watch this. And you love to do the evil things he does. Mm. You love it, he said. When you're a, when you're a sinner. Well, I couldn't help myself. You're right, you couldn't help yourself. You love it. You love it. You love it. You enjoy sin. Am I right about it? Y'all remember when you were a sinner? Didn't you love it? Until a certain time. 
then it start wearing on you. <laughs> it wasn't fun anymore. You're like, this is not, this ain't good. I've had enough of this. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. I need a Deliverer. Right? He says, he was a murderer from the beginning and a hater of truth. There is not an iota of truth in him. How many of y'all ever heard that word, iota? Not one iota of truth in him. When he lies, it is perfectly normal. For he is the father of liars. Amen. How many of y'all know any liars? Okay, so I'll just send it to prove to you that even though not all people are possessed, all unbelievers are children of the devil. Okay, but we're not. And we're, our, we're the children of God. Okay? So now I talked to you about what the, Satan, what the satanic control look like. Right? Remember the three we're talking about here. Possession. Come on. And what else? All right, now possession happens how? Open doors of the soul, okay? That's how possession happens. So possession happens through open doors of the soul. So the devil can't just, can't just uh, possess you just because you're born on this planet. It happens through open doors of the soul. Hallelujah. Now, animals he can possess. Y'all remember that? Fifth chapter of Mark, soon as Jesus arrives at uh, when Gadarenes, that man's full of demons. And, and when he was full of demons, uh, Jesus came and cast those demons out, that legion of demons, and they asked for permission to go into the... Now, they asked Jesus' permission. They didn't ask the pigs' permission because the pigs had no, no way of, of stopping them. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Another example. Remember when, he, when Elisha or Elijah, there's a drought, 1 Kings 17, and God says, I've commanded the ravens to take care of you? The ravens had no choice. But he said, next, I commanded a widow woman to take care of you. Remember, she tried to push back. Animal couldn't push back. Y'all got it? Okay. So, so possession has, happens for believers, or for people rather, through open doors of the soul. Okay. Now, I, I want to just bring something to, you, to light because we know that children aren't born like this, but the devil is targeting children. There, there's a new TV series uh, on FXX. Y'all ever heard of FX channel, FXX? And it's FXX. There's a new TV series called Little Demon. We're way past the days of, of Bewitched. We, we grew up watching Bewitched, and we shouldn't have been watching that. We're past the days of, of uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. What's that? Sabrina. We're past those days, too. Charmed. Now the show is called Little Demon. And here's a storyline from the, the TV show that they put out. They want you to know, you know, every TV show or movie, they put out, the, here's what it's all about. It's, it's about, it says, 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, a reluctant mother and her antichrist daughter attempt to live an ordinary life. That's their storyline. Now, notice it says FX channel Disney because Disney owns FX. Whoa. 
So when people keep saying, well, Pastor, you leave the Disney movies alone because they're nice and they're cute. And all it is is the little the, the charms and all the little um, magic spells and the magic kingdom and all that stuff. Magic was exactly how, how Simon had a whole city spellbound. I know y'all don't like this is on a Wednesday night. You got it? Am I perfect now? Thank you. Okay. So that's exactly how it happens. And what we think is, is, is innocent, it's not innocent. There's only two kingdoms. And the devil is trying to infiltrate and indoctrinate children at an early age so they don't have to wait till they're 30 to get, to get possessed. They can be three and possessed. Because through their curiosity on the TV shows and the movies, they've opened their soul. Look at y'all, how y'all looking at me. Look at y'all looking at me. And you want to know why, how, how a six-year-old child can murder a three-year-old child. He's been possessed. Is it not happening all around us? They're just bad. They're not just bad. Hallelujah. So we got to deal with possession. I found it interesting, Deacon Mac. How many of y'all in here saved? Do you know from Mark 16, the very first sign Jesus said would follow believers? They what? They do what? And then speak with, with new tongues. I'm going to come over here. So we've been, we've been celebrating because we're speaking in new tongues. But he said the first, now Jesus, this is Jesus' list. I didn't put this in the order. I didn't change the order. This is his list. He gave an order. He says these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Why would Jesus make that the, primary, the, the first indicator? Because he knew that this world is full of demon-possessed people. And he said, so when you become a believer, here's gonna be, this is going to be the power you're going to have. Y'all not. In my name... They will. Well, no, just certain preachers will. No, in my name. This sign follows believers. Then y'all, y'all a minute ago said, oh, I'm, I'm saved, I'm a believer. He says, this is the first sign for you. I better preach to the praise team. This is the first, oh, they, they're gone. I'm trying to find an amen somewhere. This is the first sign for believers is that you will cast out demons. I mean, we understand law of promise, or rather law of first mention. He goes, this is the order he put them in. Why did he, by the Holy Ghost, make that first? Let me ask this one. How many of y'all have even thought about that? 
See, most of us have never, we just looked at the list like cast out devils and speaking new tongues and everything. We go right to the tongues. We skip right over cast out demons. But he said, this sign will follow you. You're a demon caster outer. <laughs> you, me, yes, you. Are you born again? Yes. Are you a believer? Yes. You cast out demons. Hallelujah. All right, I better keep moving. That didn't go over too well. I, I looked this up deep because I thought, man, we got a problem in America then and the world because I looked it up. There are an estimated 210 million believers in the United States. They estimate 63% of the United States is born again. 210 million believers. And we got all this crime and foolishness in America. There are an estimated 2.2 billion believers on this planet. And we still got these kind of issues. You know why? We haven't been casting out the demons. And yet he said, that's your first sign. I'll move on because y'all don't want to hear that. He said, that's your first sign. Hallelujah. I'm working so hard. Oh, God, I, I want to speak in tongues. Oh, God, please, please, I just want to speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Because that was me. Got born again. Oh, God, I just want to speak in tongues. Oh, God, I want to, I want to, I'm going to have traveling across the country to Holy Ghost conferences so I can speak in tongues. Now, I mean, praise God. And totally bypassed the first one he mentioned. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Now, okay, let me keep going here. Okay, so we dealt with possession, right? On, on uh, last Wednesday. This past Sunday, we got caught up on oppression. Oppression. Because I told you that as believers, we don't get possessed. When you're full of the Spirit, you cannot be possessed because you have no vacancy. All right? Inside of you, you're occupied by the Spirit of God. Okay? But the devil can still control so many people because he controls the minds of people. He's still controlling people's minds. Okay? We dealt with oppression, right? And oppression comes from, or comes when we allow what? Fear to become a stronghold in our minds. Right? I gave you the difference between opposition and oppression, right? But Luke 50, I'm sorry, Isaiah 54, 14 says, you should be far from oppression for you shall not Fear. Y'all forget it already? You should be far from oppression for you shall not fear. So if we don't get, let fear consume us, we don't let fear take hold of us, we will not be oppressed. There's a difference between being pressed and being oppressed. Press is pushed back. Oppressed is pushed down. You're going to get pushback from the enemy. But you can't let him push you and hold you down. Well, how do I keep from doing that? Don't let fear get a hold of you. Okay, Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to so on and so forth. By the time he gets to the end of verse 18, he says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. 
oppressed, okay? All right, now let's deal with this next one here. Depression. Depression. You might have say depression. So the devil can't get us through possession because we're born again, filled with the Spirit. He'll try to oppress us, but we know how to deal with that by keeping fear away. So how is it then that so many believers end up depressed? Depressed. Now, again, let me just say from right off the, right off the rip, I'm not here to pick on anybody because I have been depressed before. Not for any protracted period of time, but there have been moments. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so, on an on a, a electronic device, for example, you go to, um, to um, a hotel or, or a large office building, and you want to get on the elevator. <laughs> Ms. Emma told a story this morning about how in their building they were stuck on the elevator. The doors wouldn't open. They kept going up all to the top to the bottom, and the doors wouldn't open on their floor. They were stuck. You say y'all stuck two hours almost on the elevator? Oh, in the office, okay, because you couldn't get up. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. But to, to call for an elevator, you have to depress the button. Now, we say press, but technically it's depress. That, that's what you, on a computer or anything, you depress a button. You, you put your thumb on it. You push it down. You push it in. You depress. Okay? And so there are people, even in the body of Christ, who deal with depression. As a matter of fact, in, in 2020 and 2021, mainly 2020, I remember so many churches were having mental um, health months. All across the country, it was like an epidemic, mental health months, because people were depressed. They really, they really were oppressed. That's really what they were. They would call themselves depressed. They really were oppressed because they were in fear about what was going on in our world, and they got oppressed by it. Now, oppression, if you let it linger, it will cause depression. You got it? That's the intent of the enemy is to depress you. Because if he can depress you long enough, he knows. Y'all remember when, when, um, when uh, in 1 Kings 19, when Elijah, uh, he had uh, won the victory on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18? Y'all remember that? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. Won the victory on, in, on, in 1 Kings 18 on Mount Carmel. Then he slew all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets of the grove. And then Jezebel comes. She hears about what's going on because Ahab went and told his wife, like a little old sissy. <laughs> he did. Jezebel. You know what Elijah did? He did that before. Remember, remember he wanted, he wanted uh, uh, that, that, th that threshing floor or whatever it was? He wanted, and, and Jezebel went and got, he won't give me his land, and Jezebel went and got it for him. That's the Jezebel spirit right there. It ain't about your makeup. We grew up thinking Jezebel was about your makeup and your pants. That ain't Jezebel. The Jezebel spirit is that manipulative witchcraft spirit that takes dominance and over, over the male figure. 
but you can't have a Jezebel without having an Ahab. So if you're a man and you don't know how to wear your pants properly, you're going to have a Jezebel and it's your fault. <laughs> I wear the pants, but my wife wear the belt. <laughs> that ain't funny. That's, that's I, I hear men say that. I wear the pants, but my wife wear the belt. <laughs> that's not funny. That, that's, ain't nothing funny about that. You're going you gonna to be mad when Jezebel start running you. But it's your fault, Ahab. Anyway. So, so then Ahab tells Jezebel, Elijah, he don't kill all the folk. And then Jezebel says, she sends a message, hey, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to make this happen to you. The same thing happened to my prophets, I'm going to make it happen to you. And, and, and Ahab took off. He took off. And he left his, his servant back in one place, and he kept on going. He left his servant there in uh, Beersheba, the Bible says. And he kept on going even out into the wilderness. And he sat down and said, God, I had enough of this. This is too much. Take my life. He, he had a fear that got on him. And he ran. He was tired. because And you keep on going, going in, the, in the story. He says, says to God, I'm the only one left standing. I'm the only one left standing. I've stood, I've had zeal for you, and I'm the only one standing. And he got so, uh, if you allow this, depressed about that place. Well, he felt like he's the only one serving God. He's the only one that's going to keep on doing God's will. He's the only one that's going to that's not compromise. And he said, I'm the only one standing. He said, God, that's it. I'm no better off than my father's. You might as well take my life now. I'm going to die eventually. Just take my life right now. He was at that point, and that's the point the devil tries to get us to. By oppression, then into depression to the point where we're ready to make a negative confession. But I might as well die. Just let me die. Life is no good. And, he, and the devil knows that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so if he gets us talking death talk then what we do is, by our tongue, we bring down the hedge that God has around us. And if we bring that hedge down, that hedge protection that God has around us, it gives the devil entryway now to take us out. And it wasn't God's fault. It's because our tongues. Do you know in Mark chapter 4, the reason why the, why the boat with the disciples that Jesus were on, you know why it was filling up? Because they kept saying, we're going to die. We're going to die. So the boat just kept filling up. <laughs> they were talking themselves to death. And the devil wants to get people so depressed that they begin to talk themselves to death. Talk themselves right out of life. And he'll make sure he supplies you with the right music. Have you listened to some uh, Sinead O'Connor and, you know, old kind of. <laughs> Y'all remember that? The most sad songs that just. <sighs> Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you just. 
Everybody say depression. depression. Okay, let's look at, at uh, Proverbs 12, verse 25. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Let's see what the root of depression is. Let's see what the root of depression is here. Because once you know the root, you can fix it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I declare there will be no depressed people in this church. There are not going to be any more oppressed people in this church. Sure ain't going to be no possessed people in this church. Because we cast out demons. I said we cast out demons. Right? Thank you, Lord. And speak in tongues. Cast them out, shut up. Praise the Lord. Are you in Proverbs 12, 25? Okay, let's read that all together. Ready, read. Anxiety in the heart of man causes, but a good word makes it glad. So notice we see, uh, we, we contrast depression and gladness. And the root of those are also contrasted. Anxiety in the heart versus a good word. So you ought to thank God that you get to come in here and get a good word. Behold how good and, and uh, behold how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good tidings of, of good things. Glad tidings of good things. So we're supposed to preach some good things. Get, get a good word. That's why you need, need your flight team, your flight leaders. That's why you need your brothers and sisters in Christ because the devil tries to feed you with all kinds of information that's meant to cause anxiety, which will cause depression. And he does everything he can to keep you away from a good word. And the devil is so, so conniving, so sneaky, so cunning. What he does is when he knows you're in this kind of, uh, you're on that slippery slope into depression, he will have you uh, where you start to separate or disconnect yourself from the people who are going to bring a good word. He'll start feeding your head with stuff like, nobody else know what you're going through. Ain't nobody else going through what you're going through. And they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not speaking to my situation over there. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm talking about what, these are the things the devil is putting inside people's minds. He knows that any given Sunday, any given Thursday, any given Saturday, your good word is supposed to come. So he'll get you, rather than you talking to your saved, Holy Ghost-filled friends and family, he'll get you cut off from that. So all you hear is more bad news, more bad information, more bad things are coming into your heart. And the Bible says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. So we just identified from the scripture what the root cause of depression is. Well, no, I'm depressed. It's postpartum, you know, depression. No, it's anxiety. Well, no, it's, uh, what's that, post-traumatic stress syndrome and I'm depressed. No, it's anxiety. No, it's rainy days and Mondays. No, it's not that. It's anxiety. Remember that song? Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. 
Now, what kind of confession is that? Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. So you hate to see Monday come around. And a rainy day. Rainy day? I'll enjoy a rainy day. Because I can tell you five times out of ten what I'm going to be doing. Get me a good blanket. Almost sucking my thumb on a rainy day, boy. Praise the Lord. See, y'all don't even know about them old tin roof houses, boy. That we, we, we just hope that the rain hits the window. Boy, that rain hit that window, boy. Woo. Hallelujah. So anxiety in the heart causes depression. Now, let's look at that same verse, please. Let's go real quick uh, to the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic real quick. Look at what it says. Matter of fact, read it with me. I just want just part, part A of that, okay? Ready, go. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. See, depression weighs it down to depress. But then we, I, I'll add this part. But an encouraging word makes it glad. Okay? Thank God for an encouraging word. That's why we got to get together and encourage each other. Hallelujah. That's why we come together. We got to encourage each other. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at that now in the, um, uh, what I give you, the living Bible, please, the living Bible. Glory to God. The living Bible. Let's read it to go to, uh, together. Ready to read. Anxious hearts are very heavy, but a word of encouragement. So anxious hearts are very heavy. Depressed. Are y'all seeing this right here? Okay. So depression happens when you become anxious about the course of your life. That's your note. Depression happens when you become anxious about the course of your life. This is very good here. Because there are people that are depressed and they say, I don't, I don't know why. I'm so depressed. I don't know why. It's because you're anxious about the course, about the way your life is going. No, I'm just depressed because, you know, I didn't get the job. You're concerned about the way your life is going. Because you thought the job was going to change the course of your life. Oh, Jesus. You're depressed. Well, I'm de no, I'm depressed because my boyfriend left me. No, you thought you were going to marry him. So it's about the course of your life. It's not about just him or her walking out on you. It's about the course of your life. What happens while you are with him or her or while you are applying for that job, you imagined your life going a certain way. You had it all planned out. But when I get this new job, I'm going to get rid of this old car I got. I'm going to get my own apartment. I'm moving out of my mama house finally, whatever you you know. <laughs> I see you smiling. I'm saying, I'm, I see. Salina smiling too hard. <laughs> she got a whole plan. <laughs> 
when I get this job, I'm, boy, I'm going I'm to do some things. I'm going to start buying me some new gear. Boy, you saw that. All of a sudden, you didn't get the job. And the whole movie you have played out, the whole movie you produced in your mind. Are you seeing this here? I, I know that this, this, tonight I'm choosing to be very simple. Because this depression affects so many people on the planet, we know that, but even in the body of Christ. Because the reality of it is you and I can ill afford to spend any time depressed. Because when we spend time depressed, even if it's just for one night, we're open, we're susceptible, we're vulnerable to the enemy. The Bible says that our adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, you've watched enough National Geographic and the Animal Planet to know that when, when, a, when a predator is after a, after a pack, he finds that one that's hurt. That one that's laid back, that one that's got his head on, that one that's not keeping up with the pack. He's looking for an easy target. And so if we allow ourselves to be depressed for any, just even a night, we, we, got, we got to be able to, thank you, Lord. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes you got to make sure you get to your morning quick as possible. I mean, we all have to cry sometimes. We've cried sometimes. But thank God that there's a joy that comes, and we got to get to that morning quickly, 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 quickly get to your morning. Don't let that weeping night linger into weeping nights. It didn't say weeping may endure for a week. It didn't say weeping may endure for a month. It said weeping may. It may. It may. Endure for a night, but joy comes. Joy comes. Thank God, joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. So, depression happens when you become or when we become anxious about the course of our lives, meaning we're anxious about our current position in life. Or watch this also, or lack of possessions. I got to deal with what this anxiety is all about here. Our current position, oh, I'm 33 and I'm not married yet. Well, Miss Hattie already told you 60, 60 what, three? 67, and she, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to 63. 63, you know, 67, and getting married in a reclo. But the devil will have you anxious about your current position in life. Like, oh, you know, my biological clock is running out. Biological clock is running out. Can I call Sarah to you? Okay. 
Can I call Elizabeth into the room? Can I call Abraham into the room? Biological clock is for them. That's not for you. Can, can, I, can I tell you something? You know the reason why people get anxious about going to college and I got to finish, I got to go to go to college as soon as I get out of high school and I got to finish in four years? It's because they have a 70-year lifespan mentality. You missed what I said. Because people have a 70-year lifespan mentality. I got to do this now. I got to finish quickly because I'm only going to be here for about 70 years. And the body of Christ is supposed to have a 120-year mentality. I better come over here. We're supposed to have a 120-year mentality. So what if you don't finish in four years? What if you don't finish in 10? What if you don't finish till you're 45? See, we have, a, we, we have been in conditioned to a short lifespan mentality. So that's what makes people anxious about it. I got to do it now. I got to do it now. I'm not married yet. I don't have no children yet. I don't have that job. I haven't bought a house yet. I got to buy a house right now. got to buy a house right now. Why? 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 Chill. Chill. Where you going? You planning on dying young? Why not plan on 120? Why not plan on with a long life he will satisfy us and show us his salvation? So anxiety creeps in there because people, oh, I'm worried about where I am, my current condition in life, or here it is, my lack of possessions. And I want you to understand how the devil works in people's lives because of their lack of possessions. Can I talk to you tonight? Social media and entertainment. Social media and entertainment have people anxious, frustrated, and upset about their lives. I'm going to say it again. Social media and entertainment, they have people anxious, frustrated, and upset about their lives. Because what social media, y'all hear me what I'm saying? TikTok and YouTube and, 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 and who the other one? Facebook and Instagram and all the other people. They, and, and, and what's the other one? What's that other one, the board? What's the? Pinterest. That's, that's the one. And, and, and people go and they look, they peek in. in y'all write, write this word down, curiosity. They're curi- you know, curiosity kills the cat. So they are curious about what people are doing, and people are always going to post, I ate here, and I vacationed here, and I just went over here, and I went to this place, and I did that thing, and you're curious, and you peek in, and something starts getting on the inside of you. I haven't, I haven't eaten there yet. I haven't taken a vacation like that yet. My house doesn't look like that. Neither does theirs. And 
And the devil will make sure that people see these things. And what happens, because remember, I'm preaching, I'm not impressed, right? And it impresses you. You get, you get impressed by what somebody drives or what they eat or what they wear or where they go or how they live in. An impression will lead to depression if you don't have control over your soul. Most of these young folk, you see them, and they depressed in middle school and high school. It ain't because life is bad. It's because they're stuck comparing their lives with some person that they don't even know. But they, you know, they know, you know, that's the, you know, Jimmy. Uh, who is Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy and uh, you know Susan. They got this life. These ain't not even people that you know. You can't meet them. You can't eat with them. But they're they're living in the virtual world, and they have people all upset and frustrated. And if it's happened to the fifteen-year-olds, it's happening to fifty-year-olds too. Start questioning your faith. Start questioning your religion. Start questioning your Start questioning God. Well, God, how come? And God, how come? How long? And when? Why not, Lord? And what's happened? Put up, put up Luke 12, 15. Luke 12, 15. Because Jesus warned us about this. In Luke 12, 15, and he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Pastor, deal with, deal with depression. I am. I am dealing with depression. I'm telling you why most folk are ending up depressed. Well, no, I'm depressed because, because my mom passed away. My, when I, I was 13, my mom moved to heaven. I could have easily, in 15, when my, when my father moved to heaven, 13 and 15, I could have easily fallen into a depression because I'm comparing my life to all my friends, even in church. They still had their mom and their dad. And here I am, by the time I'm 16 years old, I'm working almost a full-time job and going to school. And I can, oh, Lord, look how they living, and they got it going on, and I got to go work, and they got all this free time, and they look how they're doing and all that stuff. That would have depressed me. Why? Because I would have been anxious about my current condition, my current position. Because the devil would have been telling, he was trying to tell me, that you're never going to have fun like they're having fun. How are you going to ever go to college? How are you going to ever do anything? You don't know mommy and daddy no more. Praise the Lord. That was a demon. <laughs> that was a demon. That was not a demon. No demon. No demon. Was, we about to get it. We was all about to get it. <laughs> I 
But notice what Jesus says here. He says, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So he says, life is not about what you have. And yet that's the number one place the devil triggers that anxiety. Because the devil has made it where all life is about who has the most toys. Who has the most things? And we compare ourselves with other people based on how many things they have. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just thought about growing up, I had a friend, Kenny, Kenny Leonard. It was Angie's uncle. Kenny Leonard, I grew up with him. And um, man, went to school every day. And Kenny always had on the freshest Nikes and the freshest did you know, Kenny? I told, okay, I told you the story. The freshest ponies and the freshest pumas. Y'all remember a pony? How many of y'all remember ponies? Okay. Not jam ponies. I'm talking about the sneakers, ponies. The pony was like that. And the puma was that thing like that. And the Nike, the suit. Y'all remember that? He had the freshest ones. And I went to school almost every day with my church shoes on. No, they weren't pointing on. I mean, it was like that. They, they called me Reb in elementary school. Preacher boy. I had opportunity to get anxious about what I did not have. And if I'd allowed that anxiety to get a hold of me, I would have been depressed in elementary and middle school. Easily. But the life does not consist in the abundance of the things we possess. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when you're concerned, anxious, frustrated, and upset about your life, you are primed for depression. The, the, the line of demarcation between frustration and depression is very painful. You can move from, from frustration to depression and not even realize it. If you don't get a hold of frustration, you'll be depressed. Tell your neighbor, it's too easy. So this adversary we have is his, what, one thing he does is he tries to make sure he presents to us the glamorous, glamorous glorious picture of everyone else's life. Well, look at their marriage. Their marriage is so beautiful. You don't know that. You don't know that. Their, their children are just so wonderful. You don't know that. 
They might be an Eddie Haskell. Some of y'all don't remember Eddie Haskell. Leave it to Beaver. Always talked a good game, but was just like a little demon. So we've got to make sure that we don't look at people's lives and then allow covetousness to set in on us. The Bible says covetousness is idolatry. So the devil likes to make, he'll have us make idols out of people. Idols out of people's lives. And that we'll look up to people because of what they have, because of what they present, not because of their character. People with good character don't get any play. We don't follow them. We don't, we don't, we're not their fans on social media because they have good character. We follow the ones who look like they have what we want to have. It's a trap. I said it's a trap. And I'm warning you it's a trap. <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's a trap. I was thinking this this morning. You know, if, if, you're, if you're speeding down the road, Come around 9th Street, right around Lake Megory, and you're speeding, and you notice what we call, what they call a traffic control, what we call a speed trap. What's the first thing you do? Slow down. You slow down. Because you recognize it's a trap. You slow down. You, slow, you, you change your course. You change your pace. You're not so much in a rush to get somewhere. Y'all missed it. You're not so much in a rush anymore to get somewhere. And the devil has people frustrated because they're in a rush to get somewhere. I got to land this before I turn 30. I got to do this before I turn 50. I got to do this before I turn 15. I got to have this, whatever. And they're in a rush. And there's a trap set up. The first thing you do is you slow down. You know what the second thing is you do? Well, I'm, I'm praying, Lord. I'm praying, Lord. That we, we normally wear our seatbelts all the time. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I did this morning. I recognized the speed trap. First thing I did was I slowed down. Second thing was I picked up my phone and I called my wife. I warned her. When you come in this way, there's a trap. So what I'm doing for you is, I've already slowed down, but I'm calling y'all saying, hey, slow down. There's a trap. Don't let the devil catch you anxious. Don't let the devil catch you rushing. Don't let the devil get you frustrated trying to get somewhere. You're going to get there. Tell your neighbor, you're going to get there. The steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. You're going to get there. 
You're going to have that house. You're going to have that car. You're going to have that marriage. You're going to have that family. You're going to have that ministry, but slow down. Don't let the devil trap you. Rushing, trying to be somewhere or be something ahead of time. The vision is for an appointed time. It's for an appointed time. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. He's, do, he's doing it. He's doing it. I refuse to get ahead of God. I refuse to operate in my own strength. I refuse to get ahead of God. And I refuse to operate in my own strength. I'm going to keep on going in the way that God takes me. I'm going to take one step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Step by step by step by step by step. And I'm not moved because somebody will look. Look how fast that church grew. Wait a minute. They already got that house. They already got a bitly. Right on. God bless you. And what he does is tries to get people anxious and upset about that. Let me keep going. I need to keep going. Glory to God. Are y'all listening to this here tonight? So he says, so take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life is not consistent in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now give me Hebrews 13, 5 in the Amplified Classic. Hebrews 13, verse 5, and go right to the Amplified Classic, please. He says here, let your character or moral disposition be free from love of, love of money. Now in the King James, the New King James, it's the word covetousness. But he identifies what covetousness is. Love of money, including greed avarice, lust, or craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances. Be satisfied, help me somebody, with your present circumstances and with what you have. Oh, I didn't get enough amens. Be satisfied with your current circumstances and with what you have. Well, Pastor, I thought God wants us to, to, want, to want more. Yeah, he's going to get you more. But don't trip off where you are trying to get somewhere else where you want to be. Let God take you there. And don't let someone else's advancement cause anxiety in your heart. When they rejoice, don't salt. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Hallelujah. Had, Miss Hattie getting married, you ought to rejoice with her. Don't win my time. No, no, that ain't the right attitude. No, rejoice with them that rejoice. Be satisfied with your current circumstances and with what you have. It doesn't mean that God's not going to take you to more. But he's saying don't let your desire for more pull you out of your present. It'll pull you out of your present joy. It'll pull you out of your present peace if you all of a sudden grow so discontent and dissatisfied with where you are. You'll start, you'll start using your own words to tear your own car up. You missed what I said. You'll start using your own words to tear your own car up. This old no good car. That car is operating just fine. It just needed some paint. And you start getting this old no good car, all of a sudden now the air conditioning stop working. That's the devil. That ain't the devil, that's you. You the one talk, you the one cursing your current circumstances. 
<laughs> I wish I had some amens right there. All right, let me keep going because I got it six minutes. Okay. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Back in the New King James here. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody tonight? Okay. All right. We're going to keep going here. I may not finish it tonight, but I'll, I'll, I'll get somewhere. Look at what it says here in Proverbs 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That thing you want when it's deferred or, or, or put back, held back, it makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes to the tree of life. But while it's, the, we're talking about the heart sick part. So you can, it, it, it has an effect on your heart. That hope deferred. I'm believing God, God, I, I, I need that or I, I desire that. And as long as that hope is deferred, your heart starts to get sick if you don't know how to control your soul. If you don't know how to operate in God's timing, if you don't exercise the fruit of patience, and the devil will pick up on that. And when he picks up on that, he will now make an indecent proposal to you. Did you catch what I just said? He'll pick up on your hastiness, on your anxiety, and he'll now present you with an indecent proposal. He'll say, oh, you, you want that now? I can give you an idea. I can hook you up. And you can get that now. You ain't got to wait 10 years. God's taking too long, isn't he? That faith is taking way too long, isn't it? I can show you how to get that thing in the next three days. Am I right about it? God promised you a good man. You know you believe in God for a good man. But he gonna, the devil going to bring an all right man. You ain't got to wait, girl. You lonely. It's going to be winter here in a few more, couple more months. It's going to be a cold winter, girl. You better know. Help me out now. You don't want to be by yourself this winter. Christmas time? Oh, no, girl. You need you somebody. So he'll make you an indecent proposal. I know I must be right then. How do I know? He did this to Jesus. Put up Luke 4, verse 1. Luke 4, verse 1. And it's not that Jesus Christ was anxious or frustrated, but the devil looking for an opportunity to push things ahead of schedule and to Get Jesus Christ to do something in a way that the Father had not ordained. Anything the devil proposes will be a way that the Father has not ordained. He'll always give us an alternative method, an alternative route. Take a detour. You ain't got to go down the straight road. Take a detour, and I'll, I'll get you there faster. And many people take his bait, hook, line, and sinker but not Jesus. 
Look at this. Jesus, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Keep going. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Drop down, please, to verse 5. Verse 5. Hallelujah. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, pause. Pause that. This scripture just came to me. Put up Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Put up Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. That just came to me. Pause right there. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So notice that the, that the, the plan of God was that all the kingdoms of the world would become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So Satan comes with an indecent proposal back in Luke chapter 4. Verse 5, he takes him up on the high mountain and he showed him the devil knows how to show you what you're looking for. He knows how to show you what looks like your destiny. He knows how to show you what looks like is the plan of God. But the way he wants you to get it will not be God's way. And he knows that if you take this detour, it's going to be a trap. Warning, warning, there's a trap. He was offering Jesus a speed trap. He took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. And the devil said to him, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me. He was telling the truth. When Adam sinned, he delivered all that authority and all his kingdoms to, to the devil. And I give it to whomever I wish. Verse 7. Therefore, watch the indecent proposal here. If you will worship. Do you know why Christian gospel artists, singers who start out in church singing praise to God, how they end up in the world singing in the clubs and on the world stages is because the devil sets up a meeting with them. Oh, I'm going to come over here. The devil sets up a meeting with them and makes an indecent proposal. I know you're singing, but the church ain't gave you nothing but a root beer and a, and, a, and a pound cake. I know you playing. You play so well, JoJo. You, play, you sing so well, Casey. Oh, you got all the anointing, uh, Whitney. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, you got a beautiful voice. She was in the church. And somehow there's a meeting set up with the enemy that says the church is not going to recognize your gift. The church is not going to reward your gift. The church ain't going to get you that Bentley. The church ain't going to get you that mansion. The church ain't going to have your name all over the world. But if you will bow down, if you will worship before me, all this fame, all this glory, all this fortune will be yours. 
And that's how all of the, the most talented singers the secular world has ever known came right out of the church. Check all their histories. They were all in church. Grew up in church, singing Zion songs in church. The devil proposed to him. I get you. I can get you all that stuff you want. Christian concerts. You go do them Christian concerts, and people ain't gonna they ain't buy no tapes. They dubbing tapes. Y'all, y'all remember that? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> they, they dubbing your tape. Y'all remember a tape? Tape is those, those little square little things we used to, used to pop them in. They had. Wind it up with a pencil or a pen. And he's, <laughs> he said, I'll be yours. Verse 8. Now, watch this. What was the devil doing? He was trying to impress Jesus. He's trying to make an impression on Jesus. But Jesus says, I am not. I am not. Somebody say, devil. I am not impressed. He said, he answered, Jesus answered that to him, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Let me tell you one more thing here. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll finish it. I'll finish it Sunday. You got to know this. If the devil can buy you he controls your mind. If the devil can buy you, he was trying to buy Jesus. If the devil can buy you, he controls your mind. And the devil is constantly making proposals to people in the body of Christ to buy their allegiance, to buy their worship, to buy their reverence, to buy their awe, awe, A-W-E. He wants to have the people of God in awe of him and all the things he has. Because if he knows that if we're in awe of him and we're impressed by him, then he has now an open door to depress us. I'm going to read one more place here. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Because this is what I, I want this to be you. Jesus wasn't impressed. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. 5 through 11. I'm going to read right through it. Hallelujah. You can stand to your feet. We're going to read right through it. We're going to read it all together. Y'all got it? Let's read. Ready? Read. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself what? Remember at that mountain? The devil was offering him a reputation, kingdom, glory. But he made himself of no reputation. Keep going. Taking the form of and coming in the likeness and being found in appearance as a man, 
he humbled himself and became obedient even, watch this, therefore, God also has highly and which is above that at the name every. Now the devil was trying to get Jesus to bow his knee to him. But because Jesus didn't bow his knees to the devil, guess what the devil has to do? Because Jesus said, I'm not impressed. I'm not moved by your offer. Now the devil himself has to bow his knee to Jesus. Every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth. Here it is, devil, and of those under the earth. Verse 11, and that every tongue of God the Father. If Jesus had yielded to the enemy, he would have been depressed. The devil would have made sure of it. If Jesus had been moved by what the devil offered him and said, oh, man, my father sent me down here, and I got to go to that cross, I got to preach to people. Man, look, people living good. Everybody living good. And I don't have anything right here on my own now. He would have missed out on all the plan of God for his life. You and I would have still been groping in darkness tonight. But I'm so glad Jesus wasn't impressed by the devil. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Don't let the devil impress you by what the so-called social media influencers are doing. Their real name should be the social media impressors. He positions them to make an impression on people. And our little kids, by the time they're in middle school, already depressed because they're glued to social media and they're comparing their lives with someone else's life. You watch enough television, enough media, enough entertainment, and you compare your life with somebody else's life. What makes people go and spend all kind of money butchering their bodies, trying to get a BBL and trying to get a tummy tucking and cutting everything from side to side? Why? It's because they're comparing something. They don't know. Girl, you're already beautiful the way you are. I don't remember who sang this song, but one person said, all right, you don't have to be a star, baby, to be in my show. You ain't got to be Kim Kardashian. You ain't got to be Halle Berry. You ain't got to you just, just oh, you ain't got to be all that. Go cut yourself up trying to be somebody else.
trying to be like Kim. Kim did stuff trying to be like somebody else. See, it's an anxiety, a frustration about where you are. God, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you. I know another translation, the thoughts I think towards you. Plans to give you a future, to give you a hope, to give you an expected end. I have plans. I, I know I'm going to get you somewhere. Just take your time. Let me do it. I've got you. You get too hasty, you're going to get in trouble. I'm going to take you where you can never go on your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God loves you just the way you are. Tell him, and I love you just the way you are. Tell him, don't change a thing. If you keep walking with God, He's going to lavish. Blessings and favor and goodness on you and everything that he's put in your heart, you're going to have it. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. I'm frustrated. I'm not married yet. Just enjoy singleness. One day while you're working, here comes Boaz. God will take good care of you. Lift your hands on and pray for you. Possession happens to open doors to the soul. Oppression happens when you allow fear to become a stronghold in your life. Depression happens when the devil makes you anxious about your current situation, about where you are in life. Stay in the zone of peace. Stay in the zone of God's peace. Stay in the zone of God's peace. Thank you, Lord. Lord, my times are in your hands. You stay in that zone, I guarantee you. You don't have to spend another moment frustrated and anxious about anything. Well, it's not working out. Who says so? Stop saying that. It is working out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Now, I know I pray for everybody Sunday about, about oppression, but tonight, if you're, if you're even dealing with depression, it's, it's going on longer than weeping for a night. I just want you to slip your hand in the air. I'm not going to call you up front. just want you to slip your hand in the air. 
You say, Pastor, I'm, I've been battling that for a little bit. All right, see, I see some hands. I see some hands. I see some hands. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Father, today, tonight, I pray for every this room, but I pray in particular for those individuals who raise their hands high to say that their weeping has gone on longer than a night. It's a little too long. And God, they're ready for joy to come. I pray, Father, that Lord, you'll bring the morning for them right away. God, you're the God of all comfort. I pray, God, you'll give them comfort right where they are and that, God, you'll bring peace to their minds. You said, Father, that we should be anxious for nothing. You said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our request be made known to you. And you said that peace of God that passes all understanding will now guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Father, I pray right now that every anxious thought is erased out of our minds, that every thought of frustration and being upset is out of our minds, that, God, we, we walk in the fruit of patience, patience, patience. God, we, we leave our times in your hands, our lives are in your hands, God, and we know you have a plan for our lives, and, God, we will not compare ourselves to other people and where other people are and where, where they're going and what they're doing. God, we trust you that, God, you're moving us right along because our steps are ordered by you. So, God, I pray that you order my sister's steps, order my brother's steps, order, Lord, our, our family's steps tonight. And that, God, that peace would guard their hearts. That peace would guard their minds against anxiety and depression we cancel every demonic thought. Everything that has been allowed and able to be a stronghold in their minds, we cancel it and we curse it right now. And God, we speak your, your peace. Peace on the inside. Peace on the outside. You said you would keep us in perfect peace if our minds are stayed on you, Lord. So tonight we put our minds back on you, Lord. We set our minds on things above and not on things of this earth, oh God. So that we'll experience your perfect peace on the inside of us. You said you'll keep us in perfect peace because I'm, if our minds are stayed on you, because we trust in you. So Lord, as we put our trust in you, let your peace just surround us and cover us all the days of our lives. I thank you for the victory over anxiety, for the victory over frustration, and the victory over depression tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Now give God praise for that right now. Give God praise for that right now. Give God praise for that right now. Hallelujah. 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 John 16, 24 in the Amplified Classic. John 16, 24, Amplified Classic. 
All of you had your hands raised and you said, I'm battling that depression. I told you it's about anxiety. Listen to what Jesus says. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that so that your joy your gladness your delight may be full and complete so God says whatever you want just ask me I'll give it to you I'll give it I just trust me I'll give it to you because I want your joy full. I want your, your gladness full. I want your delight full and complete. I want to see you with big smiles on your faces all the time. So when you tell people that I'm your God, they see a joyful, cheerful, happy, blessed person smiling from ear to ear. Can you say amen? Can you give God one more big praise for the word of God tonight? Hallelujah!